How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me, as usual, is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling, and we are bringing back one of our old favorites, and that would be Fever Dreams. It has been a little around four months since oh, wow. our last Fever Dreams. Wow. Um, our 100th episode uh, celebration uh, took uh, uh, you know many weeks to finish, and uh, our last one, Leonard, if you recall, was Fever Blast, mm-hmm. which is a take on Beach Blast, and as such... Um, I, you know, I marked in my notes, you know, where we left off with that, but uh, I, I had to go back and just refresh my memory just in case I missed something. Um, but in case you are new to this, um, we're going to explain a little bit about what fever dreams are. This fever dreams, Leonard, I'm calling it New Year's Nightmare, because depending on when this posts, it'll probably be around before or after New Year's. Sure. We figured... I like New Year's Nightmare better than New Year's Revolution or Day One or whatever that stupid pay-per-view is called. Um, what do you think? It rolls off the tongue, right? Yes, it's a lot. It seems very more ECW. There you go. I like it. Yes. Um, so, although although I would suggest, um, well, she's not. She might be on the card. I would say uh, a Molly Holly Christmas. I like it. I, I just heard. I saw that online somewhere just recently, but she may not be on the card. So, and as. This is a New Year's themed episode. Mm -hmm. I am going to be drinking on this one. I've got my WrestleFest glass ready to go. I don't know what Leonard has. I do have my WrestleFest glass. And at the time of this recording, we are experiencing frigid temperatures coming in. So I'm drinking orange juice with coconut rum and pineapple rum. So I'm going tropical. I I like it. I like it just to make yourself feel warmer, right? Right, like what you would be drinking out of like a coconut with the umbrella on the beach, you know, down in Florida. Well, Fever Dreams, just to um, let everybody know, in case this is your first time listening to us, Fever Dreams are basically came out of a picture that we had on Facebook, not we had, that we saw on Facebook of four random wrestlers. It asked, who do you think would win in a match? And so that kind of where this idea sprouted that's what this show is we basically will take random generated names we have a list of female names male names gimmicks stables managers random belts so on and so forth and we put those into a random name generator and based on what comes out we will debate who we think would win right leonard Yes, yes, more or less. And they, we agree a lot of times. Sometimes we don't, but it's usually a lot of fun. Because, again, to reiterate, these are random. We don't know what we're going to get. Sometimes we get marquee matchups, and sometimes we don't. So for those who are just joining us for the first time, currently we have the authority version of Seth Rollins is the AWA heavyweight champion, because of course he is. Mm-hmm. We have Queen Charlotte Flair as the... FDW Women's Champ. That's the Fever Dream Wrestling Championship. We have the Mega Powers Foundation as the FDW Tag Team Champions. And we have Bruno Sammartino as the FDW Universal Champ. He defeated Triple H, the uh, Reign of Terror version of Triple H. That's tough to do. That's right. Uh, and it should be mentioned the Mega Powers Foundation is Terrence Boea 
and Randall Poffo and <laughs> by Alexandra York. That's right. And it never ceases to uh, make me laugh. Actually, I think if memory serves, they walked, they kind of like kicked her to the curb. In our in one of our in our last one, I believe. oh perhaps per, per, perhaps that's how we got to them being the York Foundation. What was right. because they were arranged by her. Now they may no longer have her, but they're still the York Foundation. That's absolutely that's correct. Yes. So, or the Mega Powers Foundation, as it were. That's right. And we're going to give you a little bit of a warm up dark match here. Mm -hmm. Then we'll be chosen at random by Leonard. I don't know what he's going to give me. Yeah. But. Uh, Leonard, why don't you kick it off? Sure thing. Well, you said I could do any sort of dark matches. So I actually generated three dark matches. I did a, a men's oh, wow. and a tag, which we don't have to do all those, but I thought that was, would make sense. So anyway, the first one, and then we'll decide if we want to do the others. L. Bandy versus Shawn Michaels with no hair. Okay. <laughs> Shawn Michaels with no hair. So refresh everybody on who L. Dandy is. So, first of all, who are you to doubt Al Dandy in this matchup upcoming with Shawn Michaels with no hair? Uh, Al Dandy was one of the many Mexican cruiserweights that were in WCW during the mid to late 1990s. And his biggest claim to fame was probably uh, an interview where Bret Hart was talking about all the people he would rather face. And I actually forget who it was now. And he mentioned Al Dandy, which kind of. Uh, was questioned by Mean Gene Ogreland, and Bret Hart said, who are you to doubt El Dandy? And that became a meme and a famous quote and all that. Shawn Michaels with no hair would be late version Shawn Michaels. That would probably be um, the the only, what, bald Shawn Michaels match would have been, what, the one at Crown Jewel, him and Triple H versus the Brothers of Destruction? Or was, he, so. was he bald at some other previous point? I don't think so. No, I don't believe so. Okay, so we're talking late, old, crotchety, <laughs> one match under his belt, Shawn Michaels. Now compared to old man Marley from Home Alone and memes. Yes, yeah. So old man Marley, Shawn Michaels versus El Dandy. Well, this version of Shawn Michaels is certainly the weakest um, mm -hmm. of his entire career. So I'm not as versed on the you know, matches of El Dandy, but I know enough about him to say, I think El Dandy takes this. I, I would agree just because El Dandy is younger. He's faster. Now, if this was in his prime Shawn Michaels versus El Dandy, this would probably be like a surprise match on superstars or, right. you know, like you would watch it and go, wow, that was actually really good. Um, but yeah, I actually think El Dandy, this might be Shawn Michaels, like maybe El Dandy's an NXT and Shawn Michaels wants to give him a workout, and that's why this is a dark <laughs> match. Like he wants to just kind of see what El Dandy's got. That might that might be what what we got here. So I think he'd want to put El Dandy over if that's the point. So absolutely, I agree with El Dandy. So I did generate uh, another one. I have a, a women's match: uh, Madison Rain versus Peyton Royce. Madison Rain versus Peyton Royce. Yeah, Matt Madison Rain uh, is currently at the time of this recording with AEW as a women's coach and on-air talent. Of course, she wrestled the bulk of her career with TNA. And Peyton Royce was one part of the Iconics with Billy Kay in WWE. I know they went to TNA at one point. I'm not exactly sure where they are now. In the I think they retired. They retired. Okay. Hey, don't quote me on that, but I think they called it quits. Okay. Well, I, I always like Peyton Royce better than Billy Kay. 
And of course, uh, as we've talked, I think we talked about before, I've interviewed Madison Rain many times over the years because she's from my local area. So my my heart is more with Madison Rain. I think Madison Rain is a very underrated talent um, veteran. I didn't say what version of Madison Rain this is, uh, but if we're if we're saying even current day version, that is a version with a lot of of years of experience under her belt. She can yeah. still go. She has wrestled a great variety of women, and not to take anything away from Peyton Royce, who I really do like, but I think Peyton Royce very much came up under the WWE system and the WWE style. And again, most commonly linked with Billy Kay and working in a tag team with Billy Kay. So I think this might be similar to Shawn Michaels. You know, maybe maybe Madison Rain is as coach is getting Peyton Royce a workout. Right. In the dark match. I don't know. But I I would go with Madison Rain here. See, I'm almost I'm almost pick want to pick Peyton Royce because I I think overall she's stronger because you know I, I like Madison Rain, but she came up in that TNA system and if you're talking about the Madison Rain of today, like you know and, and most people know that she's a coach in AEW and like one of the things that I wish AEW would do is I wish they would give him give her a win or two just so people like give that aspect of her background the fact that she's a coach some credibility yeah. um, because. Right now, whenever she appears, you know that she's going to lose yeah. <laughs> um, because she just wants to put over the new girls. And I get that totally. Um, but I do think this would be a close match, though. Um, I, I could I could lean your way and say that she if we're talking about prime Madison Rain, I, I might give her the victory because of the reasons you listed that Peyton Royce is more of a tag team worker. Uh, but I do think this would be close. OK, yeah, I, I, I do. And even if, if we do want to go the route that you know, you mentioned, yeah, yeah, if this is her giving Peyton Royce a workout, then Peyton Royce might wind up getting the win. So, uh, so I think, I think we're, we're both saying this is just, we're going to give rain the win, but it's going to be a nice showing from Peyton Royce. I think that's where we're at. That's right. Now, should we uh, jump into our main card? Yes. Yes. We can go ahead and do that. All right. So our main card it actually doesn't have anything, at least right now, that we need to randomly uh, generate. But uh, the authority version of Seth Rollins is currently our AWA champion. And mm-hmm. uh, the reason he is is because, like I said, we have a random list of random belts. And yes. uh, that's the belt that was listed, and he has uh, he acquired it. So he can use it to cash in on a title match. We'll see what happens. Yes. He is still the champion. Um, but the winner of our six pack challenge from fever blast was the dynamite kid. And so he will be facing the authority version of Seth Rollins. And I am going to start off this here by simply saying that I think that this would be a really, really good match. Um, I think that these guys like maybe don't have the same style, but I think that they would complement each other in a big way. I do think that uh, Dynamite Kid is just a little bit more aggressive and gun ho. So I'm, I would probably give Dynamite Kid the win here. What do you think, Leonard? Yeah, I think this is a really, really strong match, and and I think that a lot of people might only consider Dynamite Kid as a tag wrestler with British Bulldog because they didn't get to see a lot of the single stuff that he was doing. And it was very revolutionary for the time. 
and for the weight class that he was in. Um, you know, Seth Rollins, the authority figure version, I think he's gotten a lot better since that point, you know, as a personality and as a wrestler, again, experience and age, um, you know, that Leonard, I have to cut you off. There's a sudden run in. If you recall from last year, we have uh, Christmas characters. And so we have a run in yes. from, from our Christmas characters list. And it is two gremlins. Two, two, gremlins. two, two gremlins. Are they? So they're going to, ah, nobody think, knows what they're going to do, but I think they, I think they're going to attack both guys. They're yeah. chaos. So they're not going to go for one guy or the other. I think they attack both guys and with both guys down it's who gets up first and who capitalizes. Right. And, and I think that might be Dynamite Kid. I think the yeah. version of Dynamite that we're talking about is younger and faster uh, than, than Seth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Dynamite Kid still winning and with the Gremlins just causing chaos. All right. So that means Dynamite Kid has the AWA championship. We'll see if he does, what he decides to do with it. All right. Our next match. Our FDW Women's Champion, Queen Charlotte Flair. And she'll be facing one in a fatal four-way here. One of the people is Awesome Kong, who won the number one contenders mm -hmm. match. But there will be two random names also included in the fatal four-way. And a gimmick attached. Leonard is going to draw the gimmick. I'm going to draw the names. Yes. Leonard, why don't you tell everybody what the gimmick is? The gimmick is a parking lot brawl. Ooh, all right. Oh, my goodness. Leonard, uh, you'll be excited about this. Yes. It is Queen Charlotte Flair versus Awesome Kong versus Sherry Martell versus Molly Holly Christmas. Yes. And it'll be in a parking lot brawl. So I'm going to let you start this one off. You know what? Given, given the, the stipulation, I think this favors Awesome Kong. She's the big, badass brawler of all these, of all these women. I think... Um, I think she, I feel like Sherry and Molly are going to pair off, and that Charlotte and Awesome Kong are going to pair off. That just feels like the natural kind of combination to me. Although, too, I could kind of see maybe like Awesome Kong taking out. Maybe she views Molly as the weakest and goes after Molly first. Um, Molly Holly Christmas. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Molly goes through a windshield. Okay, oh, wow. <laughs> Molly, Molly's gonna go through a windshield. Short Christmas for her then. Yeah, I think she's gonna try to do like the Molly go round, like off the top of a car, and Awesome Kong's gonna catch her and just power bomb her through a windshield. So <laughs> Molly's gonna die. Molly's dead. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would love to see Charlotte and Sherry just do something straight up one on one. I think that would be a great, great match there. That's definitely uh, a dream match. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think Charlotte is crafty. I think she would be kind of like, you would lose sight of her. Like she would sneak off somewhere and then like come back and attack with something from the parking lot. This comes down to Charlotte Flair and Awesome Kong. I think that actually be tight between the two of them. Um, you can argue me towards Charlotte if you want to, but I'm going to go Kong just because of the size and the power and the fact that this type of match I think uh, favors someone with her size and power. Well, I'm going to take you in a completely different direction, Leonard, because I think this type of environment actually favors Sherry. 
Okay. Here's why. Because think about all the random Falls Count Anywhere brawls she would get involved in with Harlem Heat. <laughs> yes. You know, just think about Sherry herself. She knows how to fight dirty, and she's always portrayed a crazy character. So bringing weapons into the fray, or even if it's a parking lot, a car. <laughs> like, and, and, she, and she did fight Medusa in a parking lot when they were, they were right. over, over the rights to love Robert Fuller, as it were, or Robert Parker at the time. Right. What a classic WCW yes. that was. Um, so I don't know. I kind of have to pick Sherry here. So that would mean that we need to settle this mm -hmm. in a future fever dreams. Yeah, I would, I would say, how about this? How here, here's what we do. I think because of the type of match this is, then we're gonna have multiple referees, right? I think Sherry is pinning Molly at the same time that Kong is pinning Flair. I think it's a double pin. And the we're belt, saying, we're the, saying belt the, is held up. the belt is held up. That's what I was gonna say. The belt is vacated. The belt is the belt is vacated until Kong and Sherry can have a, a match to crown the new champion. I like it. All right. All right. Well, okay. So our next match is, I think, a first here. Um, but we're going to do it. And mm -hmm. it is for our FDW Tag Team Championships. So this is going to be a gauntlet match. And our the Mega Powers Foundation are on top. And basically what we're going to do is Leonard is going to generate a random, well, four different tag teams. Four different tag teams, yes. And I have predetermined what order these teams will come in. Okay. And the Mega Powers Foundation got the first draw. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately for them, they got the number one slot. So this being a gauntlet match, the champions are going to have to run the gamut. Okay. And I'm really anxious to see who comes out. So that mm -hmm. means as you read the names of the tag teams, I will yeah. tell you in which spot they will be okay. entering. So, All right, so so I, I, I generated stuff ahead of time for people who may be watching us on YouTube and see I'm not pressing buttons because we have found that my computer runs very slow and I have all these windows open. <laughs> so uh, the teams in the order that they spit out for me, uh, we have the BWO of Stevie Richards and Nova. Okay, so they're going to be coming in last. Okay, good job. We have the perfect event of Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo. They will be coming in at number three. We have Team Hell No of Kane and Daniel Bryan. They will be coming in at number four. And we have Christian's Coalition of Christian and Tyson Tomko. <laughs> so our first match will be Christian's Coalition against the Mega Powers Foundation. <laughs> so I would say that I think the Mega Powers are going to win this one fairly easily. Yes. I kind of like the idea of like Savage versus Christian and Tomko versus Hogan. Like, yeah. in, like individually, I think they, I think Savage and Hogan win those matches individually, but, but I like the idea of those matches as a tag team. Yeah. I would have to agree with you. The Mike powers are just like too strong. They're going to be fresh at this point. And if we're booking from a logical standpoint, you don't want the champs to go out at the very beginning of the gauntlet match. So, yes, I would say they win, and in fairly short order. Right. And that would mean that they would face the perfect event next as the, that team comes in at number three. So we have the Mega Powers Foundation against the perfect event. And, again, 
I, you know, I think Chuck Palumbo is a little bit underrated, but <clears throat> Sean Stasiak, other than having a good tan and, you know, looking good, I, he never really impressed me very much in the ring. He is, you know, commonly associated with that late WCW, like invasion WWE era time yeah. period where some guys were falling through the cracks. <clears throat> so I see this again going the way of the champions. We're talking Hogan and Savage, excuse me, Balea and Poffo. Yes, yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. I think Stasiak and Palumbo, and, and if you want to show Sean O'Hare in there, who's a running buddy of theirs, had a lot of potential. But they came out of the WCW power plant, which I've never heard anyone say anything good about the power plant in any um, you know podcast or anything like that. People who were around and knew of it and was knowledgeable of it. And I think they, you know, had potential but didn't live up to it. And, yeah, even – especially if you consider that they got through Christian Tomko in short order. They're still fairly fresh. And, yeah, I, I think this is a shorter match. I think they probably put away the perfect event quicker than they did Christian and Tomko. All right. So, they are two teams in here. <clears throat> Champions are still on top. But now – they are going to be facing Team Hell No of Kane and Daniel Bryan, mm-hmm. which is, other than the Brothers of Destruction, who they faced on our last Fever Dreams, this will probably mm-hmm. be one of their toughest tests, especially at this point in the gauntlet match. You have Kane and a very peak Daniel Bryan. Yes. So, obviously, I see this going uh, with Daniel Bryan with Savage, which, my goodness, is a dream match. Yeah, if we talk Christian and Savage, I would, you know, Brian and Savage is even better. Yeah, uh, you know, Kane and Hogan, I don't know if they ever faced each other. That's a good question. I don't know, because, you know, there was that run where he came back in, oh, what, oh, three? Yeah, I try to remember the years he was back, but they definitely coexisted the same time period. It, it, and you know what? That would be a good, um, that's the type of heel a big guy that you would see with hogan anyway yeah back in back in the glory days yeah he yeah i have to say being that we're talking about poffo and balia they're tired they've wrestled two matches i see daniel bryan being the x factor here that is what i see i like the storyline of seeing kane and the birds of destruction got beat by the mega powers foundation so kane goes and he finds a new tag team partner Right. And he finds someone who's basically the opposite of Undertaker. You know, a, not this, you know, different style wrestler, smaller guy, quicker guy, all this. So I think I like the idea that Kane shifted gears in, in bringing Daniel Bryan. And I agree, if this was the first match, maybe, but being the fact that they've gone through two. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with you. I, I think that Kane and Daniel Bryan d- get the win. And the Mega Powers Foundation just flip flip their lids. I think they just go crazy. I I agree. And so, you know, there's probably brawling at the end of this match. You would you would see. Yes. And that means that Team Hell No, who, after a pretty decently decent length match against mm-hmm. the champions, are going up against the BWO. <laughs> Of Stevie Richards and Nova. Hey, two underrated guys. I love Richards and Nova. Uh, good workers, good wrestlers. Nova totally was very innovative. 
Um, and I think both are, you know, Richards is underrated on the mic. Uh, I don't see the BWO being able to win here. Though. I know. I was kind of playing devil's advocate. And even though the only thing I could see would be if, say, on their way out the door, the Mega Powers took out Kane. Like if they like destroyed <laughs> Kane, beat him with chairs, and it's Daniel Bryan basically two on one. But right. even with that, I think Brian holds on, and I think Kane makes like the the miraculous recovery at the end. At the very end, I like and, it. Like tags in, and then like choke slams them both, and gets the win. So you know, it, it's kind of anticlimactic. Basically, it, as most of these gauntlet matches tend to be. Like, yes, we, nobody really remembers the end. They usually remember oh, who won. Yeah, the first the first match is usually the best because that's the one that usually goes. So long and, and etc. Like the best one that I can remember in recent memory is the one that really was able to push Kofi Kingston over the top. As oh yeah, that one was good. That was a really good gauntlet match. Right. Um, so we have new FDW tag team champions. It is Team Hell No, mm-hmm. and obviously this will set up a match between Team Hell No and the Mega Powers Foundation at a later event that'll be exciting yes yeah, straight straight up one-on-one definitely mega powers are going to say hey we were tired we went through two other teams and and i i'm sure they have a automatic rematch clause alexander would have worked that out before they kicked her to the curb absolutely so they're coming back absolutely so our next match is a number one contenders match for the ladies, it is a triple threat match. Okay, so this is <laughs> this is an interesting pairing. So our triple threat match, number one contender, consists of the heel version of Sable, okay, Jade Cargill, and Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. So and running in is Christy Hemme. Okay. So I'm not sure. And and since this is Christmas, uh, we'll say she's dressed like an elf. I like it. Like she's in one of those uh, like WWE Santa's helper outfits. Then they used to do the Santa helper matches. Absolutely. And on a side note, I saw a clip randomly came across my Facebook wall the other day um, of Christy Hemi. I think this is back when she was still doing the, uh, you know, whatever it was, the tough enough or, you know, uh, the diva search. Yeah, it was a diva search, I believe, diva is how search. she came in. Was a diva and they had she had Randy Orton in the ring, re- like I guess reveal her lingerie, and he was able. He was tasked with taking off her dress in the middle of the ring to reveal her lingerie. And all I could think about in watching that clip was, like, this MFR got paid to do this. <laughs> like, like, like I know he has a wife and a happy family, but like he got paid to do that like anyway it bothers me it should bother you too because uh, you want to be paid to do that uh, yeah well you know if you called mandy rose i know that she's looking for some extras for her for her site so. and you know this brings up another side tangent here like the recent news of her not just her being uh fired but like the fact that um she it, since getting released is made like over half a million dollars on that fan site within like two two weeks i believe it was and i think 
uh, something like thirty dollars a pop is the subscription rate. But I think it was thirty. Of- I think she upped it to forty-five. Whatever. Okay, and then I think she can make like tips and bonus money different ways, things like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's kind of like you know only like only fans, but it's a different just right. Brand. And the, I bring that up because Lana, um, who's not been associated with any company, has t- said that she's made more from doing that same type of fan site than she has when she worked at WWE, which is just crazy. Um, you know, it just goes to show you, like, you know. Wrestling fans are horny pervs that live in their mom's basements. <laughs> yeah, they are. They really no. are. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. So anyway, where were we? Sable, Britt Baker, Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. With uh, Christy Hemi run in. Who do we think Christy Hemi is trying to be? I My gut would tell me that she'd be in there to help Sable. I, my gut would say Sable because they were, I think, in I think Heel Sable might have been near Christy Hemi, if not her own, at the same time. But do we think that helps Sable? I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does at all. Um, I think Cargill has a lot of potential, and I think she's grown a lot in the short time that she's been in the business from what I've seen. But uh, Britt Baker, I think, is one of the best uh, female wrestlers going today. She's definitely probably one if not the best, one of the top three or four that AEW has. Yeah. Um, you know, good promo. I like how she's developed, you know, when she first became a heel. It didn't seem like she knew what she was doing. She grew into the role. Um, I definitely would I definitely go with, with Britt Baker here. I think Hemi actually hurts Sable. I think Hemi, uh, her interference backfires and it allows Baker to pin Sable. You know, and I could also see a situation where Hemi comes in to interfere and it annoys jade cargill um to the point where jade cargill is distracted and somehow or another Britt baker either pins sable or pins jade cargill as a result yeah. of the distraction either um, or but i think we agree that hemi's uh interference would backfire yes and i i do think Britt baker is the strongest here um you know in terms of aw and like the fact that jade cargill is the tbs champ i'm still waiting for them to you know move her and her undefeated streak to the uh, main women's part of that organization just to see her kind of mix it up with some of those top names like Britt Baker. But uh, we'll see. But, yeah, I see Britt Baker winning here and being the number one contender, which who knows when she's going to get to have that match because we got uh, Awesome Kong and uh, right. Gary Martell. <clears throat> so next – we have a men's fatal four-way, and there are no gimmicks, but Leonard is drawing the names. Yeah. So, Leonard, who do you have for us? Fandango versus Bully Ray versus Prototype John Cena versus Enzo Amore. This is our number – no, this is not a number one contenders match. We didn't say no. that. Yeah. I think this is just a four-way. It's just a four-way for having a four-way, I think. So, okay, let's – Say those names again because I was just kind of shocked at the randomness there. Okay, so yes. So we have Fandango, who is, of course, Johnny Curtis as the dancing, the heel, suave dude. Uh, Bully Ray, who is the TNA version of Bubba Ray by himself as a singles competitor, heel dude. Prototype John Cena, which is Cena in OVW when he was starting out and learning the ropes. And then Enzo Moore who is best known for his tag team with Big Cass and WWE. I definitely see this going the way of Bully Ray. Um, You know, the only person that would kind of hold a candle to maybe challenging him in this match is prototype John Cena, 
who is just so green mm-hmm. I, that I don't see him winning. Fandango had a moment in the sun at WrestleMania when, you know, Chris Jericho generously put him over. But um, I definitely, Bully Ray was a, was a time when he was really physically fit, probably the most in his life. Um, that heel character was working there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I definitely see Bully Ray winning this. Yeah, and, and I think it might be over one of the lesser guys like Fandango or Enzo because, I mean, again, trying to book logically, I think Ray versus Cena, prototype Cena, could be something you could work toward. You know, this is how you're going to get green new John Cena over putting him with the veteran heel Bully Ray. But I like Bully to win here, but maybe have something going on where a Cena-Ray match could be in the future. Absolutely. So our main event is for the FDW Universal Championship. Our champion is Bruno Sammartino, and he will be facing the corporate version of The Rock after his long feud with Bret Hart. (laughs) Yes. Um, So The Rock is finally getting that title shot, and the stipulation on this match, being that this is a New Year's show, is that this is an exploding barbed wire New Year's countdown match, which means... The match is going to have to go until midnight when it counts down to the new year. And at the same time, the ring explodes. Mm-hmm. So there will be managers attached to this, which Leonard will. Yes. Generate. So who are those managers? So the rock has precious who is Jimmy Garvin's valet and wife and Bruno San Martino has Paul bearer. So the under Bruno is what I'm going to call him. So under Bruno has Paul Bearer. I would say of those two, Paul Bearer would be, not that he interfered a lot in the Undertaker's matches, but Precious just stood at ringside. So I think the manager definitely favor Bruno San Martino. No, I agree. Um, Do you think that that changes the outcome of the match? It's hard to say because being that it is what it is, I don't think either of the managers are going to really do a lot i don't think they're going to be very much involved with this um i lean towards bruno you know corporate rock was 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 a hell of a character but bruno san martino was definitely the better wrestler of the two he's tough as hell he's tough as nails um you know if a ring's going to explode bruno's is one of those guys that are probably not going to care he's going to stand right in the middle yeah i mean after all this is a guy that uh hid from the Nazis with his family in the uh, in the mountains of Italy. Yes. So an exploding ring doesn't phase Bruno. I go with Bruno. I agree. You know, I think it is not necessarily a landslide victory here, but, you know, because The Rock has been, this version of The Rock has been yeah. in good match, like matches with hardcore stipulations. I quit matches and, you know, empty arena matches and whatnot. Um, so he certainly knows this type of terrain. But I agree that of the two, I think it comes down to toughness, like you said. And I think Bruno is the tougher of the two. And the managers don't aren't a factor. I mean, maybe Paul Bear tries to hit the rock with the urn. But, uh, you know, other than that, um, I don't think he'd be much of a factor. I mean, it's a barbed wire match after all. Yeah, like he can't really get into the ring. So. Right. So, yeah, I think Bruno retains here. You, We both agree on that. We both agree on that, and I, and I don't think Dynamite Kid cashes in. 
That was going to be my next question. I don't think he – now, this would probably be a good time. This is a bloodied Bruno. This is a, a, a really trashed Bruno. I don't – and but the rain blew up. So I think logically, logical booking, there's no ring to have a match now. Right. I think maybe I would have Dynamite Kid like come out to the entrance stage and be like. Well, you know, when I put this in our list in my head, I thought to myself, could we have treated it like a Seth Rollins at WrestleMania situation where he inserts himself as a tr- into the match and it's a triple threat? But. No, I, I don't think Kid's going to do that. I, th- I think Kid just <laughs> lets you know that he's there. He would and, challenge and, you straight up. Yes, I think he would. I think he would just say, "Hey, I'm coming for you," and, and I don't think he does it today. I don't think he. I don't think he comes in. Bruno might be damaged, but there's no ring. So, all right. So our main event is done. But as this is our special holiday edition, I'm going to give you a couple dark matches as well. Mm-hmm. And my first one involves stables, Leonard. Okay. So, <clears throat> not only is this a stable versus stable match there's also a gimmick attached and let's say we have camp cornet versus the hart family and what makes this interesting is own Hart is a member of both yes <laughs> so i'm envisioning him being the heel owen hart he goes with camp cornet which means that the Hart brothers have to have a substitute for the Hart family, which could just easily be Davy Boy Smith. Um, I would I would go with Jim Neidhart. There you go. Fine, that makes more sense actually. So I would say Bret Hart, Jim Neidhart. Was it Bruce and Keith? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's four. And then Camp Cornette is Owen Hart, Davy Boy, Yokozuna, Vader, and Vader. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and what's the gimmick? Fans bring the weapons. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. I, I know, you know, they did that in ECW. I know in Mick Foley's book, he talked once. They were, he was wrestling Tommy Dreamer and they were out in the crowd and he leans back and someone puts something in his hands and he doesn't see what it is. But it feels heavy and he comes forward with it and he nails Tommy Dreamer in the head with a two man kayak. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great story. Uh, yes, that's that's so, that's a great fans bring the weapons. Um, I gotta go Camp Cornette. Uh, they're bigger, they're meaner, they're tougher. I think Keith and Bruce are liabilities. I agree. Um, in a match like this, Brett can't uh, carry the weight. The Vader is smashing in the head of a kayak. <laughs> you know that's. Or if uh, like Yokozuna is dropping a bowling ball on your nuts. <laughs> I, I, th- I think Cam, I think this is great. This is a great, just chaotic you know dark. What, what's funny about this is that yeah. this era is like pretty close. <laughs> so, yeah, like, this match could have happened in reality. Yeah, well, you know, the Hart. I forget which Survivor Series it was that the Hart brothers went up against Shawn Michaels and his Knights because it was originally supposed to be Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler, yeah. And 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 Lawler got. I think this was at the time where there was the accus the rape accusations against him. Yes. So Michaels came in and was with the Knights. So the the Hart brothers did work, you know, together in WWE. But yeah, I mean, they wanted um, initially. I think it was the famous story is that Bruce wanted to be the guy against Brett leading up to WrestleMania ten. 
Yes, Bruce. Apparently, Bruce came in and wanted to. From what I remember, I think it was Bruce Pritchard's podcast. Yeah. That like Bruce wanted to like eliminate everybody, <laughs> and like wanted to work the whole damn match. It reminded and, me, of- <laughs> and it was basically Brett that said, "You know, this isn't about you, Bruce. We got we got to pull back a little bit." He said Owen was the guy, rightfully so. And yeah. you're what you said. He wanted to eliminate everybody. It reminds me of uh, Bruce Pritchard's impersonation of Hardcore Holly at one of the meetings of SmackDown when I guess they were like trying to think of ideas. And he's like, how about you give me the belt and I beat everybody, <laughs> which is, which is hilarious. You can hear, you can hear most hear Bob Holly saying that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I agree with you though. I think camp Cornette is the obvious stronger stable here and it being weapons like just, imagining this happen to me is so much fun i would have loved this this would have been an amazing match and i understand i like the fact that if, it, if it's a dark main event it's specifically for the people in the arena and the fact that they could bring the weapons for it makes it even better that's right so next we are going to do a regular man's match well maybe not regular we're going to make this a triple threat we have the early WWF version of Dustin Rhodes. Again. Okay, so this would have been when he was tagging with Dusty. Yes. During the DiBiase feud, DiBiase and Virgil. Yes. Yes. Against ECW's Sabu, against Diamond Dallas Page, the WWE not a bad thing, it's a good thing version. Oh. <laughs> I gotta go Sabu. Yeah, you kind of have to. Uh, Dustin's way too green, and DDP is way too old and out the door. Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, Sabu is definitely the strongest. This was, I mean, Dustin Rhodes was so green here. Um, it almost seemed like a, a weird novelty just to see him tag with his father. Like you know. Yeah, I think at that point, I don't think I expected him to still be in the business today. (laughs) Yeah, so he definitely got much better than he did. Yes. Uh, If you want to, I do have, remember I said I generated three matches. Uh, Yeah, what was your third? The third is a tag match. I did a tag, so I did a men's and women's tag. So we have the new Blackjacks of Bradshaw and Wyndham (laughs) versus Choten. That's Masahiro Chono and Hiroyoshi Tenzin. Oh my god! It was on your list. They were on your list. I had to look them up who they were. <laughs> well, well, I know who they are. I didn't know what Chotin was. I had to look up who Chotin right. was. If we're talking about Chono, in any way being a part of this, yeah, I would have to go with them above the new Blackjacks. Yes, I think this is a physical match, and I oh, think it yeah. devolves into just them beating the hell out of each other. Um. Probably, probably one of those like those shoot like it's gonna turn into a shoot. They're gonna stop cooperating with each other. But I think that Tenzin and Chono probably beat the crap out of them. I think Wyndham picks a walk. He was old and grizzled at this point, and I think Bradshaw is gonna just piss him off, and Wyndham is just gonna take a walk and like good luck, buddy. Yeah, I definitely see that happening. This would definitely be a, a physical big man match. Um. Yeah, that's a lot of that's a lot of meat in, in, in the ring with this one. Yeah. So wow, you know, I mean, what a way to go out on that match. Unless we wanted to have another fictional Christmas character match, I drew the Who's from Whoville against Charlie Brown with Christmas tree. 
So I, I, I go with the who's from Whoville on numbers because that's yeah, like what, like hundred numbers. Just on hundred dudes or is it like an eight-year-old boy with a dilapidated Christmas tree? I go with the who's. <laughs> it's like a mob mentality. I don't think. <laughs> I think they take they take that tree and they put it somewhere they should. The the sun doesn't shine. That's right. The going to do. And, it's at this point of our fever dreams where we've gone off the rails. Yes. So we should probably end it. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us. <laughs> Let us know what you thought of our matchups and who you think would win. Check out our shorter videos, uh, segment surgery, random match reviews, and stupid questions. And we are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I hope everybody out there had a great Christmas and a great New Year. Hopefully 2023 is a lot better than 2022 for everyone. And let us know what you think of our show. Subscribe to our content. And we hope to bring you many more episodes in 2023. For Leonard, my name is Chad, and we will see you next time. And Alexa, we'll see you out.